Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of the Game podcast. I am your host, DC, and I'm coming to you today with a little bit of NFL news. Uh, not, it's a little bit of bit of sweet news. It's uh, we got some positive news, we got some negative news, we got some just news. Uh, so let's kick right off. We've got straight up. Uh, unfortunately, yesterday there was the passing of an NFL great, a legend, and by and by most standards, the greatest coach that has ever lived. Um, purely from a winning standpoint, and that is Coach Don Shula. He passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Uh, what made Don Shula so famous is not only is, is he the most winningest coach in NFL history with a grand total of 347 victories, um, a record that has stood for, year, for, for many years now, and quite frankly, I think I think it's going to stand for a lot more because there's no other coach that can possibly come close to reaching that milestone. The only one that is anywhere that can sniff it at this point is Bill Belichick, but he would need to win a minimum of 10 games for the next, uh, I think it's maybe 12 seasons, if he decides to keep coaching that long, to even come close to, you know, to knocking on the door of that, of that record. So Don Shula has you know, immortalized himself with something that is going to be exceptionally difficult to, to break and, uh, and to match. And he's also known as the perfect coach. So why is he called the perfect coach? Because in, 19, in 1972, Don Shula was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. And he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins for a long time. But the reason why he's called the perfect coach is because in 1972, he took a Miami Dolphins team Back when the season was only 17 games, including Super Bowl, he took a Dolphins team undefeated, 17-0, won the Super Bowl, and that is a record that has never been done before that, so he was the first to do it, and a record that has not been done since. The only time that it came close to a perfect season for a team was the 2007 Patriots, and they ended up losing in the Super Bowl to the... Uh, to the New York Giants, and as well as the, another team that probably came quite close, um, but they ended up did they did drop a game in the regular season, and that was the Carolina Panthers back in 2015. Um, so there was definitely there's been there's been inklings of teams you know you know sniffing on that record, but that's that's a, a record that has stood for I think it's about 42 years now, and it's it just goes to show how hard it is. Um, to go undefeated in into in today's league, like there's just so many variables, you know, and it's it's virtually it is virtually impossible. And the fact that a you know a 1972 team that in an era where defense and the running game was the primary standard of of the play, um, it's an, it's just an incredible feat. So Don Shula, in my eyes. The only thing that, you know, in my eyes, Don Shula is the greatest coach in NFL history simply because of he's got two records that will not be touched, uh, and that is the undefeated season and, the, and the, the victories. The only thing that you can, argue, you know, a lot of people do say that Bill Belichick is, you know, the greatest coach of all time because of the amount of Super Bowl wins he's gotten. I, 
look, I think you can you can put that in the conversation for you know one of definitely one of the greatest coaches ever in history. I would put, I would put him in a solid two, um, but in in terms of just winning, um, nobody has had more wins over the span of their career than Don Shula. So um, we'll see if Bill Belichick can come close and beat it. You know, more power to him. Well done. Keep going. But I think that's a record that's going to stand for a few more years to come. So. John Shula, rest in peace, 90 years old, um, yeah, so that's uh, it's some, some unfortunate news today, and quite frankly, the, just on a side note as well, just quite frankly, since Don Shula's time with the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins have done nothing since, like they've never, they've not won a Super Bowl, like they didn't even win a Super Bowl with the, you know, their Hall of Fame quarterback Dan Marino, which is, you know, another sad thing, but the Dolphins have not done very much since uh, since they lost Don Shuler as a head coach, so that's a you know a resurgence is definitely in line for that franchise. So 90 years old, thank you Don Shuler for your contributions to football, and may you rest in peace. Okay, moving on to the next bit of news, uh, got a signing, a probably you know the mediocre signing of the week, uh, but also it's a little bit of an interesting one as well. So we've got uh, Andy Dalton who last week was released by the Cincinnati Bengals after a number of seasons with the team and with the with the Bengals getting the number one overall pick in the draft and then drafting quarterback Joe Burrow from LSU. It was clear to say that, you know, the, the Bengals were going in a new direction at quarterback. Also, Dalton got benched last season with the Bengals and they ended up using their backup for a short period of time. Um, I think it was like halfway through the season or something like that. So it was clear that the, there was definitely some questions being raised at the quarterback position. With them being answered at the draft, Andy Dalton then gets released. He then signs a contract, a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he's only getting, like, you know, very bare minimum money for the season. I think it's only a million dollars or maybe three million dollars. So I think No, sorry, three million dollars with and with incentives, he has the... He has the option to earn uh, up to seven million dollars if he hits his incentives, um, but I don't. I believe that with this signing, this makes Andy Dalton the best backup quarterback in the league. Um, you know, there's re- you look at all the other backups in the league, and it's you know there's a couple of questions around some of the rookies. You know, like Justin Herbert. You know, backing up Tyrod Taylor. Um, you've got some questions around Tua Tagovailoa backing up Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, Tua might even start. We don't know. Um, but I think from an experience standpoint, uh, you know, we've, Andy Dalton definitely is probably has the edge as the, the best backup in the league at the moment. But this is also really interesting because it's also a bargaining chip for Jerry Jones. Now, Dak Prescott was given the franchise tag. Um, by the Cowboys, and uh, he is yet to accept. He said that he won't be doing the Cowboys off-season virtual program. Uh, I think he's probably going to sit out and you know maybe try and you know work around you know whether he wants to accept the deal or not. Uh, basically, if Dak if Dak Prescott accepts the franchise tag, he will then go into next season getting paid a max contract or well, an exceptionally high contract, um, and probably you know he will want to be paid as the, the best quarterback in, in football. I strongly disagree um, with Dak wanting, I think he's asking for $40 million a year. Um, I strongly, strongly disagree with that price point for Dak Prescott. He has not done anything that is worthy of that money. Uh, he is an ex- he's an efficient quarterback. He's very consistent. 
but in in crunch time decision making, he does not do a good job. He's he's ba- he's barely made it to the playoffs. If he's been in the playoffs, he's barely you know, he hasn't gotten out of the, the wild card round. They've they've always struggled to win the division. The division, in my eyes, belongs to the Eagles. The Cowboys have all the talent in the world to be knocking on the door and to win that division, but for some reason they just cannot. Whether it's injuries, whether it's poor decision making, whatever it may be, they just can't seem to, you know, break that loop and you know get out of the obscurity um, and get back to their winning ways, you know, and get back to being you know America's team because they have not been America's team since the '90s. They have not, they've, they've just been mediocre, and that's just not, you know, it's ter- It's just not good. It's not good. Um, so I think Dak Prescott thinks he's a lot better than he is, and with the amount of talent that has been, that he's been surrounded by this past off, this offseason uh, from Jerry Jones, you know, they signed Amari Cooper, they've signed, they, you know, they signed Zeke, they drafted CeeDee Lamb, you know, they have a plethora of talent on offense, no reason for them not to score points. They need to figure it out and get back on track with winning because that's the only way Dak is the the, the way Dak can prove he's worth forty million dollars is to win games. The way Dak can prove he's worth forty million dollars is to win in the playoffs. The way Dak can prove he's worth forty million dollars is to bring a championship to Dallas. So hopefully he accepts the franchise tag, but. The good thing about Andy Dalton signing with the Cowboys from the Cowboys' perspective is if Dak tries to play hardball, they've got someone who's more than capable of taking the offense um, from Dak Prescott and just being the you know a, a nice plug-in for now until they can get their until they can get the situation sorted out. So I do like the signing of the Cowboys to for the, for Andy Dalton. I think he's a Texas boy. He was born and bred in Texas, so it kind of works out for him. So the Red Rifle will end up as a Dallas Cowboy and that will be interesting to see what happens from here on out and how that Cowboy situation plays out. Um, Moving on from the Andy Dalton signing, we haven't really had too many... Oh, no, we did have a signing this morning. Uh, The Infinite Frank Gore has signed with the New York Jets. He's going to be backing up uh, Le'Veon Bell, and there's a lot of chatter coming out of the Jets camp that they want to try and give Le'Veon Bell fewer touches this year to make him a little bit more productive. So to have Frank Gore, you know, probably taking the goal line situations and short yardage situations is going to be a smart decision. I like it a lot, and I think it's a, I think it's smart to help out with the productivity of Le'Veon Bell. So that will be very interesting. The end, the AFC East is actually going to be an, a, a watchable division this year because there's no guarantee whatsoever that the Patriots, now that they've lost Tom Brady, are still going to take the division. Like even though they they now they still have the best coach in the league at the moment, they don't have the talent on the offensive side of the ball to uh, to guarantee them a surefire victory in the AFC East. I think the team that has the most behind it, that has the most opportunity to challenge for that title is definitely the Buffalo Bills, but I think the Buffalo Bills have got a lot of questions to answer at the quarterback position about whether they can get it done. Um, but as well, the New York Jets, you know, they, they addressed a lot of uh, problem areas in, um, 
in their offensive line and some problem spots on their roster with the draft, which is good. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with, you know, and if Sam Darnold can make the the step up in, in quarterback play this year, if Le'Veon Bell can actually play, uh, play worthy of his contract money, that will be interesting this year. So it's going to be, there's a lot of, uh, and also that, you know, with the Dolphins and all of their talent acquisition, this, this draft and this off season, it's going to be an interesting division to watch. And you know what? It's, it would be good to see. I think it would be good for the league and it'd be good for football and it'd be good for the fans to see a new winner of that division, even if it comes close. Like even if it's like a three-way, you know, race to the, to for the division title as we get into crunch time of the season. I think it'll be really good uh, and very entertaining to for the fans of football and just for the game in general, um, especially coming into the playoff picture as well. So that's that. Um, all right, moving on to the next bit of news. The uh, in line with all of the restrictions, you know, in uh, you know across the country and also you know worldwide and travel and all that sort of thing. The NFL, which do exhibition games or they they hold regular season games overseas in other countries such as Mexico and London, they've decided that they're going to scrap those for this year and they will return to doing that next season, uh, which is. You know, a little bit sad for those fans, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really affects the grand scheme of how teams play. Look, those teams would end up... The teams that it would be a home game for, they actually get their home games back and they don't have to sacrifice, you know, copious amounts of travel time, you know, to, to go overseas into different time zones to, to play a football game for international fans. Um, so I think, you know, for them to play the entire season at home like they should, you know, it's probably it probably works out better for the players, to be honest. Um, all right, so that, that's you know nothing major on that front, but yeah, basically the NFL will not be doing international games in the 2020 season. Uh, next up, what have we got? We have a a bit of chatter and some rumors going around that um, Cam Newton may may not get a contract this season. Um, he's gone this far into the off season. And it, it, what, at what would be a time where minicamp OTAs would begin, uh, which basically is like a small, short period of time where teams get together. They, you know, basically new team members get introduced to the current team. Teams get the playbooks. They start getting the schemes. They start running through non-contact drills, uh, all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19 and all the restrictions and stuff there, we've got, um, you know, that won't be happening this year. So they're doing virtual OTAs, which basically, I think they're just doing Zoom meetings and stuff with the players to go over plays, playbook schemes and all that sort of thing. Um, and also, you know, new team members to start building chemistry amongst one another. Um, Cam Newton has not signed a contract for any team yet. Um, there's a you know a lot of discussion about where he would be the best fit. There's a lot of rumors saying that he could end up being a New England Patriot. Um, I think it probably makes more sense for him to go to the Washington Redskins and to give them a little bit of staying power. Um, whilst he's been very injury prone these last few seasons and he's had you know bum shoulders and whatnot, I think um, and you know he's had injuries with his legs and whatnot. I think if Cam Newton was to reunite with Ron Rivera in Washington, it gives Dwayne Haskins another. It gives Dwayne Haskins another year to sit, prepare, um, study, and really get his confidence around him to you know go forth after that season and be the uh, you know and be the franchise quarterback that that team needs. 
because after last season, he got thrown to the wolves. There was a lot of like chopping and changing of the quarterback. I think they went through three quarterbacks within the whole within the twelve months of of play. Um, it was just terrible. It was just the, the the skins are just a really poorly run franchise. I think they're one of the worst run franchises in the league over the last you know decade. And you know the the Washington Redskins used to be a powerhouse of the NFL. Like they they won you know numerous Super Bowls in the eighties. Um, they were really pet. They were really a strong side in the nineties, even the early two thousands when they had uh, Sean Taylor. You know they was you know they were they were a tough team, but. You know, since the the late '90s, early 2000s, they've just fallen off into obscurity. The team has just been running to the ground. The fans have no faith in them. I think they haven't had any buzz about them since they maybe had RG3 at quarterback, and you know that that didn't last very long. Um, so the the Redskins need to get back to their winning ways, and I think for them to really challenge the NFC East, which you know it it, it just takes the right combination of players, and there's. You know that that division is very competitive. New York's doing a lot of work, you know, bolstering up their offensive line to give Daniel Jones a little bit more protection, to give better run blocking for Saquon Barkley, so they're going to be able to score more points. The only question on the on the defensive uh, on the New York side is the defensive side of the ball. Um, Philly currently the division champions. They are you know in a little bit of a, a strange conundrum of a place where they've got. All, they've got all the talent to succeed, but the problem is with them is health. Um, you know, they may, their number one wide receiver is injured. Is injured. He's always injured. There's no guarantee that he's going to be ready for the season this year. They drafted a wide receiver to potentially, you know, take his place. Um, they've also drafted a new quarterback, which was, you know, head scratching. You know, why would you draft a new quarterback? But Carson Wentz is always injured. He always his, his durability is is questionable. That's why they've drafted a quarterback. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they were really they've got a great front seven, but their secondary was non-existent. They've addressed that. They ended up trading for Darius Slay from the Lions and address and you know tried to fix up that that cornerback position. So the Eagles are definitely the favourites to win the NFC East, but. Then you got the Cowboys. The Cowboys have got all the talent in the world, and I really don't see any reason why the Cowboys can't win that division. The only reason why is they can't get out of their own way. Um, and now that they've got all these, you know, these distractions with Dak Prescott contract situation, you know, that's, you know, I don't see that you could win. You could win the division with Andy Dalton, but you probably you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. I think you've got a better chance to do it with Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott has got to get his head out of his ass and, um, you know, show up and get a contract that he's worth getting. Like, mate, if you're not, if you're, if you're pushing 40 mil, like I said, you're not worth it right now. You need to prove it. Um, and then we get to the Redskins. The Redskins defense is infinitely better now that they've drafted Chase Young. They've got some really good weapons on the receiving side of the ball with, um, you know, Terry McLaurin, who was a beast last season in his rookie year. Uh, they do need to get a better hold on the running game. They do need a better... They've got Adrian Peterson, but I think they need to, you know, look at get look at their the future of their running back position because um, Darius Geis is uh, two years back-to-back, in, uh, you know, ACL, ACL injuries... It's not looking promising for his future. 
Um, Chris Thompson, who's really only a third down pass catcher. I don't even think they re-signed him. I'm not sure. Um, they've got to they've got to do a better job on the running game of the ball. Um, but at the quarterback position, there's too many questions. They re-signed Case Keenum. They've got um, they, they've got the the young kid Haskins, who's you know very very unpolished, and he needs a lot of lot of development work. I think Cam Newton's best fit would be for the Washington Redskins. Uh, but there's also a couple of other teams out there that could use him as well. You know, there's um, who else could there's there's the option that maybe. Derek Carr gets traded because he's really, I feel like he's only got one more season in, in him with the Raiders to prove that he's a, a winner, that he can be a decisive quarterback instead of, you know, a check down guy. And, you know, there, there's a very, you know, there's, there's all the likelihood in the world that, you know, they decide to trade him and either get picks in return and, and or make some, make some space and sign Cam Newton do like a two year deal or something like that. So it's very interesting. Um, very interesting to see how it all works out. Uh, all right, so moving on to the probably final bit of news, we've got uh, the NFL schedule, which will basically, which is releasing on this Friday for Australia, Thursday for America. Uh, it is going to be the release of the schedule for all 32 teams, so we get to see what teams are going to be matching up with who. Uh, this Friday, we're going to be seeing, you know, what are the, going to be the highlight matchups. There's going to be some. I know off the top of my head that we're going to see. They've already said that there's going to be some good ones, but they haven't released all of it. Um, I'd like to. Uh, I know that the Patriots are going to verse Tampa Bay, and that's going to be a really awesome revenge game for Tom Brady. It's going to be great to see how he stacks up against a Belichick coached uh, Patriots team that has no quarterback and virtually no weapons outside of Julian Edelman. Um, and it's going to be awesome to see how strong Tampa Bay, you know, um, you know, comes out against New England. Uh, I know that there's I re- there's a couple of rematches from last season that I would like to see. I'd like to see a rematch between the Titans and the Ravens uh, because the Titans kicked the Ravens out of the playoffs very unceremoniously, and they went on to the AFC title game against the Chiefs, which where they fell short only just though. Uh, so I'd like to see the Ravens getting a bit of revenge against the Titans. Uh, I'd like to see the, the the reignition of a old rivalry back in 90, 80s and 90s football where we had, the, we had the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Because both teams are so well stacked from a talent perspective, I think it would be really awesome to start seeing that rivalry again. So if we can get, you know, even if it's just... Uh, you know, maybe one one regular season game, and then if we can get this, if we can see them again in the playoffs, that would be sweet. That would really, that would kind of really bring a lot of nostalgia back. Um, I'd like to see the Chargers get to face the Rams again this year, um, just because I think we'd like to, you know, with everything that's happening, both LA teams are so uncertain at the moment. And I'd like to see these teams go up against each other in the new stadium with this new LA crowd and really determine who the king of Los Angeles is moving forward. Um, I think it's going to be a really... Uh, like, the Chargers are going to have, like, a couple of years to work themselves out and rebuild because of the the, the youth of their team in the, in the quarterback position. It's going to take a bit of time. But if they can get off to a strong start early and beat the Rams, if they... If they 
uh, face them, then it's really going to do them wonders for their fan base. And it's going to, you know, cre- the, the better the fan base, the more people are going to show out. The more people show out, the better the momentum. The better the momentum, the more chance you have to win. It's always good to have that home crowd behind you to pump you along and get the victory. Uh, and that's something that the Chargers have sorely, sorely lacked for so many years you know, dating back to when they first moved out of San Diego to LA. So I would, I would love to see a Rams and um, Chargers game in the regular season this year. Uh, I would also like to really see the Cardinals versus the Houston Texans because I want to see New Hopkins get some really nasty revenge on Bill O'Brien for trading him. And it would be interesting to see how uh, David Johnson also plays against his old team as well. So there's so many possibilities, so many awesome matchups that I would love to see. But I'm going to talk more about that on Friday, potentially Saturday, when the schedule gets released. Um, it's going to be a big week for football. Uh, I love that football is is you know it's my favorite sport, and there's so many there's so much news flowing through at the moment. You know, it's usually a dead time of the year, but you know the NFL are doing a good job of trying to keep things humming along nicely. Um, so it's going to be good to talk about and uh, it'll be a nice little post 30th birthday celebration for myself to you know have a chat about the schedule the upcoming matchup something to get excited about so it's going to be lovely to chat so guys until next episode we'll go over this NFL schedule release and and highlight some key matchups and you know what are the pitfalls for some teams and we will chat with you next time so peace